Hello and welcome to Nigger Report, your weekly run of all the latest Nigger news and all other photographic announcements that we found interesting. It's Constantine here. And this is Becky. Let's do it, I guess. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. We probably ought to. So, last week we gave you some rebates in the EU and UK. Instant discounts, I should call them, or instant savings. This week we have Nikon USA rebate. So many, many popular lenses are up to $300 up, off. Yeah, and apparently it's only this week. So it's end on 17th of September. Pretty short promo, if you ask me. Exactly. So definitely, if you were looking for something to buy, treat yourself and, uh, you know, treat get yourself, yourself a discount. Exactly. Treat yourself. All right, now to some other news. So Nikon Z8 apparently is back in stock in the United States. And as the time of recording, I've checked B&H and Adorama and all other dealers, they have stock. Now, in UK and the EU is a very different situation. Very different situation in the UK and Europe. There is no free stock. It is still in short supply. We are obviously desperate to have a free stock situation. There is a very long waiting list and we're working our way through it as quickly as allocations will allow. But it is rather painful, so please bear with us if you're from the UK or Europe. The dealers are really trying their best. And hopefully we will start to see more coming in at some point. But at this stage, we just don't have figures or numbers. Instead of having a sort of one, one to one and a half month view of Z8s, instead we have a sort of one week at a time view, which means we have very little prediction as to what is going to turn up on our doorstep from one week to the next. Okay, so the service advisory happened on August the 7th, right? So the camera has been out of stock for about a month. Mm. And obviously, the stock is replenished in the United States. In the UK, I guess people who wanted to buy the camera within this month, they kind of piled up. Yeah. And the list has been created. But do you think we're going to be back to free stock within a month? Or do you think we're going to be like, uh, go on the waiting list, wait for two weeks, you get your camera in? I think it's more likely to be the latter because at the moment, if we're only getting a couple, well, a few, a handful, let's say, a week and not necessarily every week, we still have a backlog going back to before the service advisory mm -hmm. because the, they weren't in free stock even when the service advisory came about. Yeah. So popular camera with a high demand had the production line stoppage. Yeah. But they had to rectify certain things and just started going again. Exactly. All right. Okay. Well, here you have it, folks. I guess, you know, if you are after the camera, put your name down on a list and hopefully we'll get one for you very, very soon. Now into the rumors territory. That little retro camera that has been rumored for last month or so, apparently the new release date is set to September the 20th. That came from Camera Insider, a.k.a. How to Fly via Twitter, a.k.a. X. AKA, we'll believe it when we see it. Exactly. But you never know. I mean, the drama continues. I guess we all know what the camera is supposed to be, according to the rumors. So the 20th of September is very, very soon. That sounds like a Wednesday next week. So who knows? If there's one announced, we will tell you about that. I mean, can't wait to tell you about it. Have it in my pocket right now, but can't show it to you because I'm under NDA. Anyway. You know nothing, Jon Snow. So, the wait, hopefully, is not very long if this camera exists and we live in that reality where the release happens. Now, <laughs> on to Nikon Tech Support News. Excellent. Apparently, Nikon Technical Support released two articles about Nikon Z teleconverter. First article is called, What is teleconverter and can I use it with my camera and lens? For some of you who want to find out, definitely click the link in the description below. And the second one is called, Z teleconverter, 
TC 1.4 and TC 2.0 Q&A. Do you have any questions about teleconverters, Becky? No, you cannot use multiple converters at the same time. You cannot mount the teleconverters onto certain lenses and do not attempt to. It also tells us that the VR function built into the primary lens will still work. There is no drop virtually in VR performance. You know what question we've been getting very recently? Mm. We were asked, can you put that Z teleconverter on a newly released Tamron 35 to 150 lens? And well, it's a teleconverter for Nikon lens. Maybe clear that article and they will tell you all the Nikon lenses that are compatible with it. But the answer is no. You generally can't put a teleconverter from one brand to a lens of another brand, even if it's the same Nikon Z mount. Indeed. Now, there's a little company called MRMC, which translates to... Mark Roberts Motion Control. And it's owned by Nikon. And they announced a new gizmo, which is called SR1 Small Photo Video Robotic Pun and sealed head. Wow, that just rolls off the tongue. Oh, yes. So the SR1 is for professional photography and videography designed to be used in locations that are difficult for camera operators to access. So this remote production tool enhances the creativity of shots, helps capture new angles and achieve shots that would normally be impossible by hand with ease. It's compatible with Nikon cameras, including Z9 and D5 and D6, and can support a payload of up to four kilos. The SR1 is camera and lens agnostic, so users can also use it with a variety of different equipment. I love this term that's being used now. Camera, I'm camera agnostic, which means like any camera, any brand, doesn't matter. A camera atheist, can you say that? I mean, that will be the next. That will be the next one. All right. Well, recently, back in July, MRMC announced the Cinebot Mini, which is robotic arm oh, yes. that you can attach cameras to. So yes. it seems like MRMC is on the roll and releasing those things now. No price mentioned, and as some people say, if you need to ask about the price, you can't afford it. You probably can't afford it. But um, <laughs> from what I've read in the comments, there are previous iterations of those started about five k. So we okay. assume this would be something from that range up. Yeah, on so, par with that, I would imagine. Yeah, but if you need an item like this, definitely get in touch with them. They are UK based, but send them an email and I'm sure they'll tell you the price of the item. Now, there's a little thing going on in the United States. It's in New York. It's called Build Expo, which um, a photographic expo. Yes. And... Uh, Nikon Rooms published some photographs from Nikon Booth. So if you want to have a look at that, definitely check this out. Yeah, if you couldn't make it to NYC yourself like us, then you can just enjoy it vicariously through looking at photographs of it. That's true. You're welcome to fly us over. We won't complain. Exactly. Now, the bunch of Nikon Corporation news happened. So we're not going to discuss them. We're just going to read them out to you. And if that's of an interest, definitely click on that link in the description below. And then you can go into all those PDFs and all those corporation words, you know, the, the language sure. of people exactly that speak in a corporate way, just like my lawyer, which I don't have. But, you know, <laughs> my imaginary lawyer. My imaginary lawyer. Anyway, back to the news. First news is it's a notice regarding issues of sustainability-linked bonds. This whole PDF file about that. Have a look at that. <laughs> then Nikon introduced a digital inverted microscope, which is called Eclipse JI. Remember, we discussed some of those, didn't we, back in the day? Mm -hmm. so it's another microscope to suit your needs. Also, Nikon established a scholarship for students of National Colleges of Technology in Japan. So, you know, 
Hey, hey. Uh, and also, Nikon successfully completed the squeeze out of Nikola SLM Solution AG. I think by squeeze out, they mean that they successfully finished the purchase of the SLM. SLM is a manufacturer company that 3D prints things with metal. Mm-hmm. All right. So they finally bought it. Remember, we talked about it a year ago. It's something that you clearly remember. It was your favorite news of last year. <laughs> so they finally done this. But now back to some photography news. Now for some news that might actually interest you. Nikon announced four new brand ambassadors, world-class visionaries join the roster of the industry's most elite storytellers, they say, mm. including filmmaker Sharon Calafiore, and photographers Mike Mazul II, Malik Sadibe, and Gilma Smith. Fantastic. So that's cool. Some creators been added to Nikon roster. Presumably these ambassadors are just for Nikon USA because the announcement was yeah. on the Nikon USA website. We have a different set of ambassadors for Nikon Europe, for example, and Nordic. Yeah. But it's great. Yeah, presume they take pictures, which is good. Some of them are photographers and one of them is a filmmaker. Great. Fantastic. Now, remember last week we talked about CF Express version 4.0 being announced, which doubled the writing and reading speeds of the CF Express version 2.0 cards. Now, finally, the first cards have been announced by ProGrade. Yes, so ProGrade have announced the third generation of their CF Express cards, Cobalt, as they now call them, uh, now supporting CF Express 4.0. These cards come in 325 gig, 650 gig, and 1.3 terabyte capacities and have up to 2,800 megabyte per second sustained write speeds, which is well above those required for the Z8 and Z9 recording in 8K raw video. Yeah, they also announced a CF Express card reader, which has really fast transfer speed. That's uh, 40 Gbps or essentially USB 4.0. Now, the price of the card reader is $99, which is not that bad. The price of 1.3 terabyte card is $1,460. Good gracious. So if ProGrade would like to send us this card for testing, we're here. And you don't need to know my eBay name. (laughs) That is so expensive. It is, but I guess if you are a professional and you're making money with your photography and videography and you need speed, I guess you can spend on this. But hopefully, hopefully, just because it's the first card, hopefully eventually the price will go down. And to be honest, the current cards that's already on the shelves, Mm -hmm. they're not that slow. No. You know, so overall, I think the top cars will push the prices down over all the cars a little bit, which is, I think, is a good thing. My hope is that eventually Safe Express cars will become as cheap as SD cards. Yeah. Maybe one day, who knows? But it's good that technology is advancing, I guess. Now, Small Rig announced a rotatable horizontal to vertical mount play kit for Nikon Z cameras. Now, all you can do, you touch the thing Mm -hmm. around the lens, right? Mm -hmm. And if you need to go from landscape mode to portrait mode, Mm You can do that. Wow. Yeah, you don't need to remove from the tripod. You, you don't need to have an L plate. We are now living finally in the 21st century. I know, with incredible L-plates. stuff. Only for $80. That is fantastic. Well, on the subject of L plates, the Zoe, which is the L plate for the Nikon Z8 made by Three-Legged Thing, has had a revised release date of the 25th of September due to a number of reasons, but partially because of high demand, they will be hopefully shipping from the 25th of September to dealers. And from there, if you have pre-ordered one, you should get one. Fantastic. Now on to reviews. Eforzazine published a review of Nikon Z7180 lens of 2.8. And and they said that it is an incredible lens for the money. 
Yes. The only negative or the only con that they put was that for some, it will be the loss of 200 mil at the long end. That's it. What they said is this is such an excellent lens with superb sharpness and at 135 millimeter, also having the distinction of being the only lens that has so far returned a measurement of absolutely zero distortion. This is pretty remarkable, even though it must be acknowledged that the camera body itself will have played a part in the fine detail of the corrections. The question was, would the design be up to the higher pixel count of the Z9? And the answer is yes, and that it surpasses expectations. The reach may not be all the way to 200, but the benefits gained in a more compact lighter lens that focuses closer may well more than make up for it. Interestingly, despite high resolution, the bokeh remains smooth and silky, making it also an ideal portrait lens. Yeah, they give it an editor's choice. And agreeing with them, I would say that probably for 80% of all photographers, 70 to 180 lens probably will do everything they need. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's 20% that will need to spend a bit extra to get the faster speed and maybe slightly better performance of Z7200 2.8 lens. Yeah. But overall, uh, it's interesting to me that I had a chat with one of the photographers who is not a professional photographer, is really, really keen enthusiast. Mm -hmm. And she was looking at two lenses and 7200 and 7180. And technically, 7180 would do everything she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But as photographers who don't think about the budget, but want to get the best thing possible, she chose 7200. Mm -hmm. And I think it's to do with generally with what we want and we want to get the best thing possible yeah, sure. and not what exactly what we need. Yes, and I think also that if you are a working pro and for those where maybe the money is not as much of an obstacle for them, yeah. they're going to go for the top of the line. But I will say that overall, I've really enjoyed the shots that we've taken, that um, we've gotten out of the 70 to 180. And we have done more than one review on it now. In fact, we've I think we've done three in total, including one for Macro, which you'll be seeing very, very soon, mm -hmm. which Con absolutely loved. And uh, My passion. Yeah, lived for that. La passion. <laughs> and, and I will say that it performs superbly in every situation. So I think if you don't 100% need the 200mm end, or you're happy to use a teleconverter, 70 to 180 is is genuinely outstanding. And to see it get a score of five stars yeah. from ePhotozine is impressive. Exactly. And just to print with the comment, like, yeah, if you think 7200 is better and that's totally fine, you're in that 20%. Because in the comments, everyone is professional and that's totally understandable. But if we start to think rationally, I think, that we find that a lot of things that we need are generally covered by less expensive stuff. But we're not rational people, are we? Either way, you should buy your stuff from Grace Westminster. Exactly. All right, back to reviews. Now, the Z Tamron 35-150 has been released very recently, and we actually have sample in our hands, which we will review very shortly. Now, Matt Irvin already had a test of the lens, and he is very excited about it. So have a look at his review. It's should tell you a lot of things. Should tell you most of the things you need to know. And anything exactly. that is missing, we will try and cover in our review as well. But thus far, from the brief tests that we've managed to do with it, I think we're pretty impressed. Absolutely. And then we have Nigel Donson, who is going for oldies, but goodies. Yeah, 24 to 200 is the one here. He says, the one lens I always choose for hiking. And this is the lens that he takes around with him on his Z8. So definitely worth 
checking out his review. That's right. And it's again back to the discussion of choosing certain lenses and for the needs. 24-200 has been around as Zoom. A lot of people dismiss it mm. because it's all round. It's obviously master of none, but it's small and light and it gets the coverage. And in some cases, in case of hiking for long distance, the high temperature, you may think twice how much equipment you want to take with you. And the 24-200 may be an answer for you for that. So, yeah, I, I personally think that if you've got holy trinity of 2.8 glass, it's always nice to have one of those lenses you can just throw in yeah. and carry with you keeping it small and light, you know. So, yeah, don't forget about 24-200. It's a nice lens. Don't dismiss it. Exactly. Now, for your weekend read and watch segment, we have on the streets with the Nikon 26mm and 28mm. We did a comparison of these two muffin slash pancake lenses out on the streets of London. And we tell you what we think about them. When they see us on the streets, they just want to take pics. And I say, okay. It's a little reference to Paulie B. You should check out his street photography channel. Excellent. All right. So apparently this little indie camera has been released last week. It's called Polaroid i2. And apparently it's the most advanced Polaroid camera ever released, even better than legendary SX-70. Wow. Now, the story behind is in the video that we recommend. What I want to ask you, though, is this. It's $599. It is. It's a camera with a plastic lens, mm -hmm. which apparently they say that advancements in plastic has been so great that it can be actually sharper than the glass lenses, and it is sharper lens than the SX-70. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm just thinking... Would I want to spend $600 for the camera with a plastic lens on? Am I hipster enough? Where are you going with this question? What do you think, Becky? And what do you think? I would be interested to see what the results look like, just because I have had Polaroids over the years and I've never found them de to be... You don't buy them for their image quality. Do you know what I mean? That's not what you're purchasing a Polaroid for. Even the SX-70 remake, the lens is not particularly outstanding. So yeah. I would be interested to see if it's if it is genuinely better, but six hundred dollars is a lot for yeah. a camera like that. I mean, we tried the six seventy, that one that was refurbished by Mint cameras. Yes. So which had a lot more advancements in this. So and again, yeah, the image quality again, it's something that you go for the feel, right? You go for that particular look. Yes, you do. Obviously, Polaroid is uh, the company that completely lost their chemistry for the film and they had to redesign it from the scratch. That's what where Impossible Project started, mm -hmm. you know? And they constantly improving their chemistry. Mm -hmm. I personally think that Instax at the moment is winning the game in terms of image quality. Yes. But, I mean, from one point, I want more advanced cameras in Instax space, even if, like, we're not really ourselves into instant photography. But I think... It's nice to have advanced cameras for people who like it because before they would go and buy a 670, which is a camera that's now is about 50 years old. Yeah. You know, I personally think that Fuji should release the advanced cameras, put a proper glass lens on it. Yeah. I have had, I've had a couple of Instax cameras. I even had the sort of more premium of Fuji's Instax cameras, the, the retro styled one that I've already forgotten the name of. Okay. And at the time, it was the top one that they offered. Mm -hmm. And even then... Although the shots are great and fun, you wouldn't use that really for any kind of serious photography, I don't think. And I still don't think that, unfortunately, the quality is there enough for us to use Instax uh, for serious photography. I don't know 
Yeah, but then I but, could be wrong. But if you look at young generations, they love it and mm. they are happy with the cost of it, which we find expensive. I mean, you know, I'd rather buy a roll of 35 millimeter 120 film. It, indeed. You know, over the pack of Instax, let's say, you know, but younger generations are not us. They're not wired to think the same way we do. No, and I think that that instantaneous result is really the selling point for it because you take a picture on your phone and you have an instant result. You take a picture with a digital camera and you have an instant result. Polaroid is like halfway there. It's a film experience, but given instantaneously. Whereas film, if you don't have the patience to wait, send it off to a lab, wait for the results, don't have prints at the end because it's too expensive or, you know, pick and choose your prints. It's a slow process, I would yeah. say. So I wonder if that's why it's so popular with the younger generation is just that instantaneousness no, you're right. of the I results. Mean, with a patient span of about five seconds, yeah. instincts, I mean, you still have to wait for about a minute or three minutes in Polaroid terms to get the film developed. But I guess it's still faster than sending your rolls in and waiting for them to be developed and little, scanned. A little bit faster, yeah. But then they should be shooting digital, aren't they? Yes, but they want that film experience, but without the weight. Well, here you have it, folks. The young kids. <laughs> That's what we think. <laughs> but tell us what you think. But tell us what you think. Would you, uh, would you buy a new Polaroid camera or would you buy Instax and Set? Or Nikon Z8? <laughs> Those are your only options. All right. And the last but not least, the new issue of the Nikon Own magazine is out. Ta-da! This beautiful cover was shot by Jim Brandenburg. We've actually got a large version of this in the shop window right now, which is great. The issue... And this is why it's in your weekend read and watch. This issue should have landed on subscribers' doorsteps. If not on Friday, then it will be arriving in the next couple of days. Unless you are further afield in other countries, in which case it might take a little bit longer. But we have articles which include... By yours truly, Rebecca. Yes, yes, there is an article in here by me. We've got the 800ml review by Simon Stafford, the trio of Sigma's review by myself, and a brand new series called Women in Photography by Ooh. Features Editor Gillian Greenwood. So very exciting issue all in all, as well as a beautiful article by Jim Brandenburg. Someone should put filter in this pond. <laughs> clean up the pond. Uh, bit much, isn't it? Get some Brita or something <laughs> installed in there. Brita filter in there. Anyway, beautiful issue. If you're not subscribed, you can subscribe using the link that we put in the description box for you. And we'll love you forever if you do. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us this week. Yes, thank you very much for watching and or listening. Please give us a like and a subscribe if you're on YouTube. Thank you to 21,000 of you for subscribing on YouTube. Woo, we love you. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, a follow, a rating, a review, all that stuff just helps to spread the word about our little podcast. Absolutely. It just brings it to a lot more people on places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. We also publish some photographs on the social channels like Instagram. We do. So I can be found at Rebecca underscore Danese. The shop can be found at Nikon at Grays. And I'm at Konstian Kochkin. And we will see you next week with another riveting podcast. Riveting. Yeah. Riveting stuff. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>